Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you design the relationship you want. With couples therapy costing a pretty penny, Relationship Psych gives you access to couples therapy insights without spending a dime. Tune in for discussions on communication, managing conflict, recovering from infidelity, attachment, and more. I'm your host, Amber Dalson. I'm a psychologist and couples therapist. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Simply by listening, you're going to get tools to help you and your partner create a loving and harmonious relationship that can withstand the test of time. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek out a local couples therapist in your area. Welcome back. Today we are talking about two ways to improve the emotional connection in your relationship. Yesterday, I sat down at the dinner table with my husband and we ate in silence. We were both tired. It had been a long day and I thought, what would this be like if this was our relationship every day? I'd probably feel lonely, disconnected, bored. I can imagine over a series of silent dinners eating, I might feel like we're drifting apart. Or maybe even get mad that on the inside, he wasn't talking to me, even though maybe I could have initiated some dialogue or conversation. I have clients tell me all the time that at first, the silence in their relationship was like an ache in their chest, but over time, that ache hardened into a wall. They stopped caring that they weren't connected. Instead, they built a wall between them and their partner and shut down their emotional connection. Now, sitting in occasional silent dinners is totally fine with me. We're not just a couple, we're a family. In my view, when I'm with my family, I can just be, and so can my partner. That means if he doesn't want to talk, and neither do I, it's perfectly acceptable for us to sit in silence and do a thing that we do together. This is still sharing a bond, sharing a meal, and doing something together we aren't doing with anyone else. So if I look at that with that kind of mental frame, it's still building connection. It's a special thing we are doing together. If you've had many moments in silence and are starting to feel disconnected and want to rekindle that connection, here are some practical tools that can help. I'm going to go over two. The first is use conversation starters to help you have great connecting conversations. In research by the Gottmans, they discovered that a component of creating a good friendship with your partner is by creating a mental love map of your partner's inner world. You do this by asking questions and remembering the answers. When you live with someone, you see them daily, you get to know them by watching them and making judgments about their behavior. It's also easy to run out of things to say when you see them because you just saw them like a couple hours ago or yesterday. So that's where I find conversation starters are a big help. When I suggest this, a lot of people roll their eyes and say things like, that's not organic or that's not natural or shouldn't conversation and connection just be spontaneous? Well, in early dating, asking questions and remembering the answers is likely to be more spontaneous. You're just getting to know each other. In addition, in early dating, your neurochemistry rewards you for pleasurable behaviors that make asking questions like this more spontaneous and more natural. As time wears on in your relationship, neurobiology stops helping you out, unfortunately, and you might have to put in a little more effort. So I'll let you in on a little secret though. Before I went on dates, even in early dating, I would Google first date questions and memorize a few questions. That way I always had a number of good questions on hand that I could ask my date and engage with them if the conversation was like a little awkward or I was a little anxious or it was falling a little flat. 
Today, even though I ask people questions for a living, I can struggle to come up with questions for my partner. If you check my dining room table, you're going to see question cards that we can ask each other over dinner to get that conversation flowing. Sometimes we do a bunch of cards and we just talk very short answers, where other times a card will spark an idea, a dream, a wish, something cool between us, and we can spend an hour just talking about one card. It's a nice way to connect, to learn something new, and have a conversation that's about more than our work days or the weather. I had a client last week tell me that they really enjoyed having these kind of prompting cards. And what they struggled with was going out for dinner and talking about something other than their kids. So they pulled out these cards while they were on a date and they said it was one of the first times that they can remember since having children where their conversation didn't revolve around their children. It was nice to feel like adults dating again. So don't blame me, try it for yourself. Get some question cards, Google conversation starters, or check out some suggestions from the Gottmans. The second tip to increase your emotional connection in your relationship is to think about what is going right. A mistake you might be making when you want to be more connected to your partner is to focus on what they are doing wrong. When they're doing something wrong, it's easy to see and easy to focus on. I love this saying I heard from Rod Harrison. It's what you focus on you find, what you focus on grows, what you focus on seems real, what you focus on you become. It reminds me that if I'm looking for disconnection, I'm gonna find it and it's gonna seem like it's everywhere. It reminds me if I'm looking for connection, I'll find it. A story from my early dating with my husband that reminds me of this, as we were long distance for 14 months and that was challenging sometimes. And I was feeling disconnected from him. We had an agreement that we would get on the phone for five minutes every day. And I remember getting on the phone with him one day and being so mad saying, you know, we just get on the phone and you don't talk to me. And I was focused on the disconnection. His response surprised me. He said, yeah, I might not have anything to say to you, but you are the only person that I get on the phone with every day for five minutes. And you are the only person that I even share a little bit with. When I focused on what he was doing to give me connection, get on the phone, share a little, I was able to see that he was going outside his comfort zone for me, to give me some of what I needed. It wasn't perfectly what I needed, but he was trying. And when I chose to focus on the places he was trying, it grew, it seemed more real, and I was able to connect with the things that he was doing that were outside of what was organic and natural for him to try to connect with me. So when I looked for connection, it grew, it seemed more real, and that's what we became, more connected. Connection is made in millions of tiny moments and big moments too. Connection can be found in a smile, the coffee your partner hands you in the morning, or them getting up with a toddler so you can grab a few more minutes of shut-eye. This morning connection was found in my house when my husband was like, Amber, where are you? And I was like, oh, are you leaving for work? And he goes, no, I've got the puppy and he's a puppy cannon. So the puppy cannon is when my husband puts the dog on his shoulder and pretends to shoot cannonballs with the dog. But For me, those are such cute connecting moments when he's playing with me, playing with the dog, and it's in that moment of connection where I know we're doing something special that's unique to us as a family. By focusing on these kinds of moments, by focusing on what you like and appreciate about your partner, you're going to feel more connected to them. So if you focus on what you like, you're going to feel better and in turn usually show up in more loving and attentive ways towards your partner. 
and likely they'll show up in more loving and attentive ways towards you and feelings of connection will likely grow. But if you focus on what you don't like, you're going to feel upset and act in ways that demonstrate that upset and they're going to respond to that. Now, of course, this is an oversimplification, but other research by the Gottmans has shown that working on what they call the fondness and admiration system in your relationship goes a long way in enhancing friendship and emotional closeness. Ways that you can practice enhancing your fondness and admiration system and focus on what's right are do something simple, like write out a daily gratitude journal of something your partner did that you're grateful for. You could also go get John Gottman and Nan Silver's book, The Seven Principles to Making Marriage Work, and do their seven-week guide to fondness and admiration exercise. Super helpful. You could think about the fond memories you and your partner have from your past and just share them with each other. You could think back and remember early dating and tell each other why you liked each other and share those stories with each other. In therapy yesterday, I was doing that uh, fondness and admiration exercise from the seven principles of making marriage work. And I was doing that with some of my clients. After the exercise was done, I asked how they felt about each other after sharing what they appreciated about each other. They said they love this part of therapy because it helps remind them of why they're together in the first place. Almost all of my clients love fondness and admiration homework, which is homework that helps you to focus on what is going right. I mean, just try it for yourself and see what happens. Okay, so we've gone over two tools to help you improve your emotional connection. Look, you can't start and keep a fire going without a fuel and a spark. In your relationship, you need a spark of willingness to take action. And the fuel is both of you repeatedly engaging in actions and belief that will help fuel the connection in this relationship. Connection is not a one and done process. It needs to be consistently worked on over the course of the relationship to keep that fire alive. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.